whatever kind of life you live, even if it's the most mundane, lovely, like normal house-bound life, you've got you've to gotta use your body. We were given our bodies to, to play with, to, to move. Hey, and welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. And hop, hoppy? Happy Almost Spring. That actually is perfect because it's like Easter is coming soon. Happy Almost Spring. I hope everybody is gearing up for an amazing summer. And I have an episode today that is just going to make you want to get out there and run. So quite often we get requests for people that started running later in life, specifically trails and how to do that and just to feel like they're not alone in that journey. And Rivka was absolutely the perfect guest to talk about that because I think, and she talks a bit about this, sometimes when you age, there's almost this idea that you need to slow down and be a gentle flower and not hurt yourself. When in reality, moving your body is what is going to make you feel better and is the indicator of longevity and quality of life as you age. And she is just such an example of that. And she's definitely the definition of a go-getter. She was really fun to chat to. And I actually connected with her just because she did start running when she was in her later 50s and then found out that she also was helping out with birth. Pretty cool um, mix of qualities that kind of fit with where I am personally, but also just gave her a different perspective on women's bodies and what we can handle through running and life. So if you guys want to hear more of the backlog of episodes, they're all on Patreon. If you want to reach out for coaching, any of that kind of stuff, it is all in the link in our Instagram. So at Trail Running Women Pod is where you can find us. So I urge you to go there and that is in the show notes as well. If you would like to support the show, the best thing that you can do is leave us a rating and review. So huge thanks to anybody that's doing that. I appreciate it more than I can tell you. And if you want to just reach out and have guest suggestions or any of that stuff, Trail Running Women Pod is the way to do it. Okay, I'm going to keep this quick because I had to record this in my car due to screaming children and it started to pour rain. So I'm sorry. But anyways, here we go. Here's Rivka. I have a guest today who I'm really excited to chat with. We actually kind of connected on Facebook because there was a post of people starting running later in life, which I love is such a theme in trail running. And you offered to tell your story. And then I found out that you were also helping to deliver babies, which is pretty fitting with my current situation. So I'm excited to get into everything from your story to your running and in between. So welcome to the show, Rivka. Thanks so much. So let's start with a, a bit of a background. I mean, obviously the main thing is starting running later. So how about prior to that? Were you an athlete? Did you play sports? And then we'll get into how you eventually started running. So um, it's funny. I was just telling my son this morning that I really want to get back into, you know, going into the mountains and just like hanging out for a few days on my own and and running and camping and running and camping because that's what I used to do when I was very young. Um, I grew up in Calgary and uh, and and what we would do for fun would be to hitchhike into the mountains and then just to hang out in the mountains. I would do that on my own or with my friends. And um, I was never an athlete. I was really bad at phys ed. 
I was the person they would put out in left field when we were playing baseball and I would start thinking about some poem I was going to write and like the ball would literally hit me on the head because I wasn't watching. <laughs> so no, uh, no phys ed for me. But growing up in Calgary back then, um, like we were in the mountains every weekend. We were hiking in the summer and skiing in the winter and um, and yeah, doing all sorts of physical stuff. Life was just le- much more physical then. Then, um, then fast forward to my husband and I, when, when our first son was uh, about a year and a half, we moved to Italy and we ran a little organic farm, mixed farm together. So that included building a stone house and like farming and all sorts of really physical activities. But I never really, again, I, 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 would, I wouldn't think of running. Like my life was so physical anyway, why would I run? When I was 56, my my father died. And right after his funeral, my sister said, let's go for a run. I'm like, what? She said, I'll, I'll lend you a pair of running shoes and some pants. Let's go. And that was the beginning, 2012. Wow. And how did that run feel? Awful. It was in <laughs> Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is quite a hilly place. And she was taking me up. I did 3K or something, but she was taking me up hills and I was just puffing. And at one point I almost fell down. And I was I was not impressed. And then I, I don't know, I just fell back into it. Um, like one of my favorite pictures of myself is when I was about, I must've been maybe 14. And my father took a picture of me running down uh, a trail in in the Rockies, and I was running, like I, I wasn't like in my head running, but I was definitely running down that trail. And I think I'm I'm going back there now. So yeah. then, in in 2013, I started running seriously. In 2014, you know, I've I've heard a lot of runner stories, and a lot of runners start running when someone dies or is sick. So then, in 2014, my mother died. And 2015, I ran my first half marathon, and that was then I fell in love. Like I, this is this is what I this is what I do now. Yeah, I actually I can relate to that as far as so many of the stories have come where women are going through grief and it's kind of their outlet, particularly trail running if they have access. Because twofold, I think on one thing, like you kind of talked about they are connecting to their roots as children where you're just sort of relaxed or free in the forest or something. And then also, yeah, it's a way to just have a, like a release and you can kind of ugly cry and no one knows if you're sweating or crying or what. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Before we move on, I just want to back up a bit. When you say just hang out in the mountains for a couple of days, were you guys like sleeping in tents or catching food or how are you doing that? We never caught food. The only food we caught was, you know, if we like went into a refuge and people would share their food with us. But <laughs> um, no, we were just a bunch of raggle taggle kids. And um, and we'd look like we'd just, you know, go into the mountains and kind of hike around and then maybe go into Banff was a tiny, tiny little town back then. So we'd maybe go into Banff and go into one of the, cause this was the seventies. So there was all sorts of, you know, refuges and many kids hitchhiking back and forth around. Um, it was, it was a kind of a community thing and we were all like nature addicts. So we, we would go, um, 
yeah, we'd just go and hike around during the day and then go into the town at night and scrounge some food and, and then go back out during the day. Um, those times also taught me how, how really the mountains don't care. One of our friends died from hypothermia. The weather got rough and, and, um, and he, he died. So it wasn't like all like, you know, wonderful and, and and happy it was also those mountains are magnificent and they really don't care about us little humans so you know you have wow. to be careful you have to be prepared um it was a great education the mountains were a really good education for a bunch of crazy teenagers yes no doubt for sure and that's so true and i think that's a lesson that's so important to remember all the time when you got into road running after your mother how old were you then in 2014, I was 50. Uh, I ran my first half marathon when I was 59. So I, I always say I was 57 when I started running seriously. And so that to some people might feel like uh, a really challenging feat because the stigma against running, especially road running, is that it's too much impact and it's pounding on your body. And if you're not going to start until then, it might be really difficult. So what was it like kind of for you to start running and to build up and was it painful I guess is my question no it wasn't painful at all but I am really lucky because I had a really good base that is my childhood and then working on the farm I was really strong right then I had a weird time from like I would say 40 to 50 where I gained a little weight and I was like not active and I was really sedentary but uh, I actually had my fifth child when I was 44 and that was the first time that I actually kept weight on after the baby was born but um, no it was just a relief to just go out and play and I didn't have any more injuries than any other person um, I had a little bit of IT band stuff and I had a little plantar fasciitis and whatever like when I first went to the doctor was just before I ran my first marathon, which was when I was um, 62. And because my mother had had a genetic heart thing, she said, okay, I don't think you should run a marathon because it's bad for your knees, but I'm going to send you for a heart ultrasound anyway. So I passed that. And she's like, it's bad for the knees, it's bad for the knees. And then literally two years later, she was saying, keep on running because you're doing great. Like your health is really good. So it must be the running. So I think these are, you know, you know, I mean, as a woman and as a, especially as a pregnant woman, now there are all sorts of silly stories going on about how weak we are and fragile and we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that. And it, it's just not true. Which is why I want to do this podcast, because I think it's based in those false comments and a fear. If that's kind of what you think, then a lot of people aren't going to pick it up unless they hear stories like yours. And so you ran your half marathon, obviously it went well. And then what were the full marathons like for you? In 2017, I decided I would do a full. And I was looking at um, at my my like running stats from back then. And I was really fast, back, like not really fast. I was much faster back then than I am now. Um, my first full marathon was in um, New Brunswick. It was the Fredericton Marathon. And I chose it because it's flat. And honestly, I, it was on Mother's Day. It was lovely. But I didn't, I didn't train well. I didn't prepare well. I didn't fuel well. And I felt um, very, very wasted 
only about halfway through, but I finished it. That was, that was the beginning. And then I did another one in 2018, finished in exactly the same time. Again, I didn't train really well. I didn't feel well. Um, it taught me a lot about, about how I need to prepare for those things. And then I was preparing, I was, uh, I was training for the Ottawa marathon in, well, when 2020, so then everything shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously wasn't great, but I'm curious if you could name when you say you didn't train well, like maybe two or three really important factors. If we just look at actually training to prepare yourself for a marathon, what do you think are the most important things that you have found for yourself? So here's the thing. I love trail running now. Um, and I'm really excited because I'm going to be doing my first um, 50K in February. And what I love about it is it's not just about training yourself to go really, really fast, which I think would, I think unless you're a certain type of older woman, it's, it's going to be a little harder to do because our bodies, I mean, I did age, you know, it's not like I'm exactly like I was when I was 25. So so for us, training is even more important. And what I didn't do was I didn't do strength training, which is hugely important. If there's any woman over 60 out there listening, go join a gym or get a little set in your basement and start doing strength, strength training. I don't even care if you're a runner or not. It's so important to keep our body's muscles going. We're fighting against aging. That's what we're doing. And we need to have those muscles so that like you can pick up your 17 kilo grandson or whatever. Um, so strength training and then fueling nutrition. I had no idea. That's the other thing they tell us. Oh, it's best not to eat too much. You don't need that much protein. You need less food as you grow older. Don't you find that your appetite decreases as you get older? And like, no, actually, I need to eat a lot if I'm training for a marathon or an ultra a lot of protein, a lot of carbs, a lot of fats, like that's just what it is. So those two things I really didn't, um, I didn't look at, I didn't have a trainer. I just kind of randomly got a program off the internet. Um, and yeah, so I finished, but I didn't finish in the, in the way that I wanted. Yeah. I love that you said those two things because they're so important. And I think there's this fear both around strength training and protein that it's going to make you put on weight. And then that is just a fear that people have been shown through media for their whole life. When really it's exactly what you talked about, that like the number one predictor of longevity is being able to balance when you get older, which you need muscles for because people fall. And if they don't have any muscle, they get injured. So it's, you have to be picking up heavy things with proper form, whether you're a runner or not exactly like you said. And then if I've had clients that I work with as a, um, as a running coach that are in their fifties and sixties, nervous about the amount of protein that I'm, um, suggesting that they have, because there's still the first thing on Google is like half a gram per pound of body weight or something. And I'm basically saying you should have double, but if you're going to build that muscle and not break down from endurance running or just aging, you have to be doing these things or it's just going to fall apart on you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's get a bit into how you got into to trail running. So you do these marathons and at the time, were you also training on trails or did you find kind of trail running as a separate sport? No, oh, I'm really lucky because in, so we had this organic farm in Italy and it was great. And we had four little boys and everything was lovely, except we had absolutely no money. Um, 
<laughs> and our oldest was 14. We decided we needed to move back to Canada for a bunch of different reasons. So we moved back to Canada. We get a place in Montreal. By 2003, I am so depressed. Like city life, whatever, it's got its ups and downs. I was, I was working as a doula back then. So I was accompanying hundreds of women to their birth. That was the plus side. I had these wonderful little boys 2003 I, by then I had already had my fifth son so I had five children I was happy in that respect but I was just desperate to get out of the city so my oldest son said you need to take a little money and buy a little ruin like an old broken down stone house in Italy and get back there every summer which we could do because my husband was a college teacher so we did we bought an old like broken down house that you couldn't even see the roof because it was so grown over and it's in the middle of nowhere literally there's no one around and it's on the most beautiful trail so I can literally go out my door so two months a year I could go out my door and like I could run for miles without seeing anyone so yeah that 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 was the beginning of my my trail running um life and and I love it like I can't obviously do it when we're in the city like I run to the mountain we have a mountain here in Montreal for those of you who know Montreal which is amazing but a lot of my runs are in you know on city sidewalks and stuff that's amazing I love that story where it's just like why not go after something that you want even if it sounds like such a huge dream to people to say to just buy a place in Italy that's amazing well, we had, I mean, luckily we're, we're good with our hands. So we bought a ruin and then we fixed it up ourselves. It wasn't like we had to spend people, spend money on, you know, getting people to come and, and fix it up. So again, every summer I was um, running on the trails and working the cement mixer and helping, you know, whole huge beams up onto the roof and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of a different life, but I, I just want to say like, I'm going to tell you a story. In 2021, so 2020, I ran, a, I did a run streak during COVID. It was so boring. I just decided to do a run streak. So every day I had to run a mile and it was really good. It was good for me and everything. And then 2021 in February, I started having some like pain on my, in my foot. So I went to my doctor and she did an x-ray and I got a phone call. You have severe osteoporosis. And I'm like, oh no, I'll never run again. Um, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. Then I waited for two months. I didn't run the whole two months because I was, my father had had really bad osteoporosis and he had like spontaneous fractures. So I was like, if I run, my whole body's going to fall apart. Two months later, they phoned and said, oh, we're so sorry. We made a mistake. You actually are in the, like the best category for, for, for strength, bone strength. We, we made a mistake. And I thought, okay, yeah, you made a mistake. But what happened was that the technician saw an older lady coming with foot pain. And I don't know how you managed to like misinterpret those findings, but you did. And I think that so many of us, like whatever kind of lifestyle older women live, you know, obviously you don't have to go bounding around the Italian forest, you know, picking up stones and, and hauling beams. You can just go to the grocery store or like I said, pick up your grandchild or you know, like snow, shovel snow, but but it's so important, whatever kind of life you live, even if it's the most mundane, lovely, like normal house bound life, you gotta you gotta use your body. We were given our bodies to to play with, to to move, 
Yes. That's such a good quote. I love that. You're totally right. And it just, like I see my grandma is turning 106 next week. So I just see firsthand of if you don't use it, how long life really is. And how yeah. You, like, oh, happy birthday to her. Wow. That's amazing. It's amazing. Right. But it's the same thing that you were kind of saying where she's moving her whole life and everything. And I just don't, she wouldn't be 106 and completely with it and happy had she not been moving her body her whole life for sure. It's just too, just not possible. So exactly. So I'm curious too, you're a doula and uh, a birth attendant. So those things, obviously birth happens whenever it wants to happen. So did you find any issues with like recovery and trying to juggle? Like I have one son, I cannot imagine five sons and then also having to work through the night. How was it juggling all of that and trying to run? So uh, just like um, reality check, I did have five sons, but when the youngest was born, the oldest was 17. Right. Okay. So I did have a lot of help. So for example, if I had to go to a birth, I knew there was always someone at home old enough to be able to take care of the the baby the little one um and the beauty i think that it actually fit in really well together because the beauty of all of those like whether you're a housewife a mother um a birth attendant um none of that means that you're sitting in a chair from nine to five and i think that kind of job i would find it really hard to be able to juggle that kind of job and being a mom and running like my birth, you know, so let's say I get called out at 5 a.m. and I'm not back for another whatever, 24 hours. But but then I can go to sleep and, you know, hang around the house and then maybe go for a run later. Like they're all they're all flexible. They work really well together. And luckily, luckily, I never had a birth coincide with a race that I was planning. So, so that was good. <laughs> That's good. That's the universe coming into play. Yeah. yeah. Do you find if you are working with somebody that is um, pregnant and they are a runner themselves, that there's any difference between somebody who maybe has lived a pretty sedentary lifestyle in their birth experience? So, um, okay, I, I'm going to say no to begin with, but then I'm going to go into some, some subtleties. Um, unfortunately, there are more women runners than the general population who have um, body image issues or um, eating disorders. So, so sometimes a runner will come to me and, and be that person, that pregnant woman who says, well, I don't want to get fat. So, so there's that. Um, but the general thing is whatever pregnant woman I'm working with, I always work with her herself and the things that she knows. So if she's, um, if she's a runner, then that's great because she knows about what it is to hit a wall or she, she knows what it is to do something hard. Or, um, if she's, uh, if she's got a healthy attitude towards food, she knows what it is to eat like 3000 calories a day or whatever. Um, and, but as far as the actual physical act of birth, I don't see any difference at all. Uh, it's the same as running. I believe that women's bodies were made to give birth. And I believe that humans' bodies were made to run and jump and, you know, do hard things. Yeah, that actually tracks with my experience a lot. I think the birth itself, I don't know if 
anything was really impacted. But what I did feel was that I recovered quite quickly and was able to kind of handle the physical side of birth that did last quite a few days for me, but then to bounce back from that and feel pretty good quickly. So maybe the fitness level does help you recover after the fact. I think it's maybe it's the fitness level, the physical fitness level, but it's also the mental fitness level that you know what it's like to have a body that's, you know, oh, it's hurting here and there. And but, you know, I'm going to get better. Like it's the it's that mental ability not to kind of sink into like, oh, I'm never going to feel myself again. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And that is such a hard thing postpartum, too, when you're wondering, like, is this my life now? Um, and to just know deep down that it's not and that helps you cope and feel better. Yeah, I wrote a I wrote a blog post that I that I really enjoyed about the um, the difference between running a marathon and and um, having a baby. And and just from the outside, it's so annoying. It's so annoying when you see a woman running a marathon and running marathons is so much fun, especially if they're well attended, because like there's all the spectators and they're bringing you little like in. In Edinburgh, in the suburbs there, the my most beautiful moment was this this mum and her two kids, and they were all playing saxophones in front of this little shabby house. They were playing saxophones for the for the runners and like giving us fruit, giving us little orange things and everything. And they were like, "You go, girl!" and and then and then you're having a baby, and they're like, "Oh, do you think you need an epidural?" or like, "Oh, I don't know if you're gonna be able to make it. Like, you might even die, and your baby could die." It's such a downer compared to running, and it's way more hard on the body than you know. It's it's really hard work. You should be fed. You should be, you know, people should play the saxophone and give you like fruit and you know all those things. And I know you have a podcast and I want to get into your 50K, but um, tell me a bit about your podcast too, in case anybody listening wants to hear more about this stuff. So I started another another COVID project. I started a podca- podcast called uh, Baby Magic Granny Sense. And basically I was just uh, interviewing all sorts of people, mothers, midwives, um, physicians, basically anyone who wanted to talk to me about all things birth. And then I branched out and I started talking with um, ultra runners and, um, and oh, I interviewed a whole bunch of people. And it's basically the kind of interviews that, that we're doing and just chatting about, about different things, mostly around birth and running. Um, and I honestly, it's been a long time since I've posted anything. It's kind of like sitting there people listen to it every so often but just um just this week I've I'm I'm going to start it back up again because I want to uh I want to track my my progress towards running my 50k let's get a bit into your 50k what was it about because it's been quite a while obviously and I know you had COVID um in there so that causes an issue but um, from what I can see, there was there's been a while since your last long race. So, what sparked your interest in signing up for a fifty k? So basically, my plan was I had a whole life plan because in twenty, uh, so in twenty twenty, I was going to do the Ottawa Marathon, um, and then I was, I was planning on. Um, 2021 I wanted to do a 65k to uh like for my 65th birthday 
but um, that didn't happen because I, in 2020, the racist school got canceled. 2021, I had that ridiculous osteoporosis scare. <laughs> uh, so I didn't run for two months. And, um, and then I, I got back into it slowly. I did a few half marathons. Um, and then 2022, again, I was training for, um, I was training for the Petit Train Marathon. It's in here in Quebec. It's a, uh, it's a really fun marathon through um, basically two hours north of Montreal. There's an old train line that goes down. They converted it into a cross-country ski running um, trail. And it's a great marathon. It's 200 meters descent, uh, really fast. And I was training for that. And then I got COVID in June 2022. So that also, um, I got COVID and I got it badly. I I went out too fast afterwards and I just was exhausted for a, quite a long time. So finally, 2023 rolls around and I'm back on track. I'm healthy. I want to do, I want to, I want to do an ultra. I've been hoping to do an ultra for like three or four years now. And um, yeah, so I found this ultra. It's, um, it's called Grandmaster, Grandmaster's Ultras and it's just for people over 50. Oh, and okay. um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, and, and it's been a really interesting ro road for me because I've been like back and forth, like just on Sunday, I was like, there's no way I can run 50 K. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm an idiot for even thinking that I can do it. And like, I'm just a, like, um, you know, like funny looking older lady, you know, there's, I'm an idiot. And I have a trainer and I, and I was thinking, and she's a, she's, I don't know why she's even supporting me. She's delusional. I'm delusional, you know, whatever, that whole thing story for the whole evening of Sunday. And then Monday morning I woke up and I'm like, no, no, I'm going to run 50 K. If I have to walk the whole thing, I'll walk. The good thing about the uh, over fifties is they do it. So the people that, that started it did it because a lot of, older people when they're going to run an ultra the cutoff times are ridiculous for us because we do run slower um so this has a um it's a 24-hour cutoff for every race so for sure i'm going to do 50k like even if it takes me 24 hours which hopefully it won't um it's it's doable and dreamable for me so so yeah that's super exciting and how's training gone Training has been really interesting because it's had its up and downs. Um, just last week, I was supposed to do a 30K uh, race in California because I was going to go down for my son's 40th and, and do the race. And I got stomach flu the day before I was supposed to leave. So training is interesting that way because it's like life. You know, there's there's ups and downs. And, and now I feel really strong. I, I'm feeling really good. Yeah, it is like life and you really have to go to that start line with mental toughness and to understand that like it is so much better to be a little bit undertrained but healthy than to push through injuries or stomach flus and to show up exhausted with everything done and I think that can be hard for people as well but it sounds like with your base over time you're going to have an absolutely awesome day. I just can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. It's not a very populated race. So I can imagine like I'm looking forward to just running through the desert on my own for hours. Can you imagine? I'm super psyched about it. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. And that's one of my favorite 
things is that feeling where once the race spreads out and you're completely on your own and you're not listening to notifications from a computer or a phone or worried about work, you're only worried about taking the next step and when you're going to get more calories in. And it is so simplified and freeing. And that like pain that you're in is, is just awesome. Yeah. And what about after this 50 K do you have any big long-term goals that you're after? Well, so my place in Italy, there's a, there's a, actually a, a 160 K race right like literally it's it's on the trails that I run all the time I know those trails I wouldn't do the 160 I would probably just do the 35k which is the town down at the bottom of the road over the pass which is I think um it's something like uh I think it's an 1100 meter elevation for the whole race it's basically up the up the mountain and then down the mountain to the other to the other little town um I would love to do that. It's a spring. It's in April. So I would love to do that. And I'm going to stick to to Canada for now. I realize these these destination races are really expensive. So I'm thinking probably one of the Quebec, uh, maybe the Harikana or one of the Charlevoix ones. Oh, yes. I've had friends do those and they said they're absolutely amazing. And just yeah. the fact that you can get to the course from where you are. With exactly. Not, yeah. With not too much trouble. Yeah. Um, and so we're running out of time quite quickly, but I have two couple last questions. What do your sons think of your running and do they run? Oh, they're so into it. They're so helpful and supportive. Um, oldest one doesn't run. Second son is very, very fit. He says he might um, start up running again. Uh, third son is a, is a weightlifter. He doesn't run much. Um, no, third son is a chef, doesn't run. Fourth son is a weightlifter, doesn't run much. But fifth son, 22-year-old son, has just started running. We just got him a winter running jacket yesterday. So, yeah, I, I finally have a new running buddy. That's awesome. That's I'm so excited for for that. My son likes to run right now, but he's four. So we don't yeah, go well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Well, this has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Uh, I think so many people are going to be inspired by your story and just the theme I feel like is there's not really any excuse. You can just find a way if it's important to you. And I love that. And I think people of all ages are going to be inspired by that. So last couple of questions, if you could describe trail running in three words, what would they be? Um, freedom, challenge, and beauty. Yeah. I think those would actually everybody's got such unique answers, but those really resonate with what mine would be as well, especially the freedom. And post ultra 50K, what meal are you most looking forward to having? Oh, well, my Italian stuff, of course, a big bowl of pasta with like just a plain tomato sauce, a little bit spicy and a ton of cheese on top. <laughs> yes, that totally makes sense. Um, so if anybody listening maybe wants to reach out or find more from you, do you have an Instagram or a Facebook or anywhere? Or um, if it's just the podcast, that's fine too. Yeah, um, Instagram is at Montreal Doula. Okay, perfect. Easy enough. I will find you there and I'll link to all of that in the show notes. Um, and thank you so much for your time today. And I can't wait to follow along and see how that 50K goes for you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been really fun.